This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Let me just pray real quick because I don't want to do it. I want the Holy Spirit to do it. So Holy Spirit, what, what I want to thank you for right now is that you gave me a word months ago. You spoke to me and created this beautiful principle in my heart. And I had no idea it was going to end up right here. And I'm glad because I got an opportunity to live out the rhema word you gave me. So God, help me right now just just impart that word to these people so they can create their own journey and own relationship with God. Yeah, so Holy Spirit, help. (laughs) Everybody else shout, Holy Spirit, help. Because I need it. Amen. All right, you guys ready? Okay, I have to just give you the principle from the beginning or else, I don't know. Okay, this is the way I like to teach and do stuff, right? I like to like give you guys stories and like give you guys examples and like throw the principle in there and see if you caught it, see how spiritual you are. And if you caught it, good job. If you didn't, try again, talk to God. Uh, But Holy Spirit was like, hey, just give them the principle from the beginning. Okay, so you guys ready? Say, I'm ready for the principle. The principle is this. It's not about the end goal. Ooh, I like you guys going, mmm, that feels good. I think that means we're in agreement, right? So it's not about the end goal. Um, and I'm, I'm going to give you an example, and it's a beautiful example. Uh, but before that, I love how we hit yes and amen. That was all Holy Spirit's idea, because literally it's not about the end goal is what yes and amen is. The reason it's not about the end goal is because you as a believer know that God is the author and the finisher of your life, of your of everything in your life. So when he gives you a word, it is as good as done. Two people are believers in here. When he speaks to you, it is as good as done. When he gives you that rhema word, it's yes and amen. And we celebrate because we know that we're on a beautiful journey to reach the end. So it's not about that end goal. It's about enjoying every single moment as we come to that end word. I have a question for you and be honest with yourself. If you want to raise your hands to make other people feel good, feel good. Has God given you a word and you hated every moment getting to that end goal? Come on, I'll be honest with you guys. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh, but but I thought everything's supposed to be yes and amen with God. And if God is the author and finisher of our life, then we should be excited as we take every single step on our journey to this end goal. No? Amen, come on. So... What I want to talk to you guys today about is this example. Um, when, when, I, when I do a teaching, there's this guy I love. His name is Mr. Neil uh, or Pops. We call him Pops. Uh, he was a Navy vet. He's married to Pastor Kathy. He's just a great man. I love him with all my heart. So this is how I know if I do okay on my teaching. Okay, I'm done, I'm done preaching or I'm done teaching. I get off the stage. He comes to me and he's like, hey, bud, do you want to fish? And there's times when I'm like, all right, you know, my wife hugged me. She said, good job. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Pop? <laughs> Are we going fishing or not? Is he going to ask me if we're going fishing? So this last time I taught, I, I gave this principle and he came and he's like, do you want to go fishing? And God was like, say yes. Make, clear your Friday. Clear your schedule. Go fishing. So we went fishing on Friday. And uh, we ended up going fishing and he, um, he taught me this. It was so, so much fun. He taught me to be a, a fisher man. 
Because I told him, I was like, can you teach me to be a fisher of men? And he's like, you already are a fisher of men. Be a fisherman today. But you guys are all fisher of men. Amen? Amen. So what happened is we, we, we get on his yacht. Oh, I'm sorry. This is principles that happen too when you're a fisherman. How many of you guys like to fish? Raise your hand. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. How many of you guys actually caught a fish? Oh, yeah. Good job. That's awesome. Okay, so part one of being a fisherman is this. You don't tell lies. You tell stories. You tell stories, okay? That's what you do. Amen? Am I? Am I? Okay, good. So none of these are lies. These are just stories, okay? So we get, uh, we get to his house, and he has a giant yacht. And uh, we go out, and we get to this giant lake. It's huge. It's uh, bigger than the Dead Sea. And the trees are huge. <laughs> and it's not a lie. It's a story. And we get out there on the water, and he tells me this. He says, hey, out here on this yacht and out here in this beautiful river, this beautiful lake in Virginia that's down the street from Manassas, he said, we're going to catch some fish. And I looked to God, and I'm like, that's cool. I love that an expert told me what we're going to do today. But what is God telling me today? And I call him an expert because at that moment, I chose to submit my life under him and learn from him and learn how to fish because I can't do it. And it's cool when you learn from people here in the natural realm, but it's so much better when you get a word from the Father that is the author and finisher of your life. Are you guys with me? So what happened was he said, we're going to catch a fish today. And I looked to my heavenly Father and I'm like, God, are we going to catch a fish today? And he said, yes, you're going to catch some fishes today. And I said, I can't wait. I'm so excited. We go out there. We get on the boat. If you're a fisherman, you know this. We were there for an hour. How many fish do you think I caught? <laughs> Are you guys all prophetic? <laughs> We're out there for an hour, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, like, you know, cast this line, and, and the, the only line I've ever used before has a push button. And if you're a fisherman, you would make fun of me. So he's teaching me how to use a real line, and I'm trying to, like, figure the whole thing out. In the first 30 minutes I'm out there, it gets tangled up. Uh, I guess it's called a bird nest because a bird can come and land on it. Uh, in the Bible, they talk about the Holy Spirit looking like a dove. So I was looking for him, trying to land. And uh, so anyway, so I throw, I throw my line and nothing happens. And as Pop takes the line from me, because I made such a big mess, he gave me his line. And he taught me how to use it. And I couldn't help but be touched by the Father in that moment. Because isn't that what he does with us? When we're out there with him. We're just trying to enjoy the thing that he told us to go out and do. We're just trying to spend time with him. But we get so caught up on trying to use the tool that he gave us that we make a giant mess and we leave him out of it. But in that mess, it's a beautiful opportunity to turn towards the Father or the person that you're submitted to in that moment, which is the Holy Spirit, and say, hey, I made a mess. And he didn't kick me off the boat, the yacht. He didn't kick me off the yacht. He didn't drown me. He didn't hit me with the, he didn't hit me with the, the, the rod. He said, here, use mine. And this is how you use it. And that moment was so great because it caught my attention from trying to catch this fish, trying to get to this end goal, to God, what is it that you want to do in this moment with this brand new line? And he said, I want you to enjoy every time you cast the line and you get nothing. And I said, okay. And I don't want to say anxiety, but that's the closest feeling that I have. I grabbed it and I threw it and I had a little bit of anxiety because I'm like, oh my gosh, is he going to come? 
And God was like, take your eyes off the end goal. Because remember, I told you we're going to catch a fish. I didn't tell you how. I didn't tell you when. And then for a second, I'm real with God. I said, how come? Like, you'd be like this. And he was like, because you are no longer a slave. You are my friend. And a master shares the journey and the process with his friends. But he doesn't do that with slaves. So the reason he told me that I was going to catch a fish that day was because he wanted to be my friend with every time I threw that line. And when I threw that line, he was like, rise your head and look over. And these beautiful trees and a beautiful lake and the sun and, and these beautiful lily pads, things that I've never seen before because I was so focused on the end goal. I was missing these beautiful moments of God's expression that he chose to paint for me since the beginning of the world just so I can be out there in this moment with a brand new line going, look at my God, it's so beautiful out here. And believe it or not, my, my, my line went down. The little, the little red little floaty thingy, I don't know the name yet, I'm not an expert yet. The what? The, the bober, the bober went down. <laughs> the bober went down and, and, and Pop at that time said, you gotta get, reel it in. And I said, I put the, oh, and then fighting for my life because he's heavy and I'm like, oh, 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 oh. and he comes out and I caught a fish. I made it to the end goal. And rather than hating every moment of throwing the line, I got to enjoy God's beauty. I got to enjoy pop. I got to learn how to use a brand new fishing line. I got a beautiful revelation and I made it to the end goal. My father is not a liar. And a little bit later, pop caught a fish as well. And a little bit later after that, after getting sunburned, <laughs> I caught another fish. But it's not about the fish. But since I caught the fish, I just want to show you guys. Remember, I'm not a, I'm not a liar. I'm a storyteller. So listen, listen, wait, listen. The production team told me that they had to cut stuff out. So, so the fish, they, they actually cut a couple pounds off of him. He was close to a pound. And then the production team got involved. And now he looks like, can y'all put the fish again? I liked him a lot. Look at him. He's huge. We did it. But, oh, wait, 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 real quick. Do you see all that beauty back there? Oh my gosh, look at that beauty. Like, but I was so focused trying to get this end goal on my own efforts that I left God out of it. Rather than looking at everything beautiful and getting the end goal. It led me to this. It led me to Proverbs 3, 5. Are you ready? If you have your Bibles, turn there this morning. I'm going to read it to you because this is exactly what I got a chance to do with God. Are you ready? If you heard it before, pretend you never heard it before. Let it be brand new to you. It's not about the end goal. It's about letting God show you what he wants to show you in the process of us reading this. Did you guys catch the principle already? Two people, good job. Here we go. Proverbs 3, 5, trust, yell trust. Trust. In the Lord with all your heart. Say heart. heart. He ain't say brain. Yeah, come on. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, in all of your ways, 
in all of your ways. That's me throwing my line every time. Whether I caught a fish or not, I acknowledge God. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear, another word for fear is respect the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. You know, that moment there was health. There was no stress. I was in this perfect place of trust with God, knowing that whether it's this line or not, it's no longer, oh, I got to throw this line again. It was, man, is God going to show up right now? I'm so excited. I can't wait. Being out there was so much fun. It would be strength to your flesh. It would be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Are you guys still with me? Ah, Okay. So God, the way he speaks to me too is he loves to give me stories in the Bibles because he loves to paint pictures for me so I can really grasp this. While I was out there on, on our yacht, um, what would happen was when, when Pop would move to one side, the whole boat would rock. And I would want to lean to my own understanding and overcompensate. So what would happen when I would go to the other side? The boat would rock even more the other way. And next thing you know, we're in this like little rocking system. And I'm like, is this how the disciples fell out there in the ocean? <laughs> is Jesus going to show up? But the minute that I trusted God, I was in this complete place of rest. And all I did was sit in our really big chairs and just threw my line with God. I was in a complete place of rest. Say rest. Rest, rest is so powerful. First of all, let me, let me just tell you what trust means in that moment right there with trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that word trust actually means this. It's so beautiful. To confine, to reveal, make known, open one's heart to. I love this part, to throw oneself or one cares upon their face. Ah, so my care, whether how big or how small it was, when I acknowledge God, I get an opportunity to throw it right to his face. That sounds like intimacy to me. The only way I can throw something to somebody's face is if they're right in front of me, face to face. In that moment of trusting God, we get a moment to just be face to face with our fathers and speak to him. He's not far away. He's not up in a throne sitting there, not, not you not being there with him. You're sitting on his lap being able to say, Father God, I am willing to tr- trust you right now with this. I'm willing to be face to face with you. Another one is this. It's really beautiful. It's to be secure, to fear nothing for oneself, to lie on your back <laughs> and wait or rest. In the natural realm, we think rest and we're like, okay, I'm going to sit on the couch and wait for God. But we're going to see what happens here in the Bible anytime rest was involved. Because rest in the spiritual, con- rest in the kingdom means we do something from this place. Sorry, my shoes. You guys okay? Yeah. Are you guys trusting the Lord right now? Yeah. All right, good stuff. So, yeah, you're resting. Good job. So I love it because rest isn't an action. It's actually a place of being in your heart. You're so at rest because you know you belong to the Father. You know where you belong. And because you know where you belong, you act from that place. Did you guys catch that? 
when you're at rest, it doesn't mean you're sitting on the couch. You know where you stand when it comes between you and God. And if you can belong to the Father, then who cares what ha- what's happening in the natural realm? You're in a place of rest because you know what the Father is saying to you. Yes? Okay, good. So while we were out there and we were rocking and going and I was so scared to fall into 20 feet of water. I couldn't help but Holy Spirit brought Noah to me. And Genesis 8, so if we turn there real quick. And, and to me, I love this. I love this because he told me, be at rest. Be at rest and the boat won't rock anymore. <sighs> be at rest and you will not drown. Be at rest and you can enjoy this moment with me and catch another fish. So in Genesis 8, we see Noah, and I feel like he's in a very stressful situation because, yeah, he built the boat, but it's so funny because God said built the boat, but it wasn't about the boat. That wasn't the end goal because then God had another purpose and it looked like a flood, but it had nothing to do with the flood because the flood led to something else. And now we're all here, right? It was never about the end goal. When God gives you a word, it's about him expressing himself so we can move on to the next thing. But have that expression in the journey that we're going with God. Are you guys still good? So in Genesis 8, God gave him the end goal and it was like, build this boat, build this ark. And he builds the ark and he was like, now watch my full expression. And he flooded the world. And this happened in Noah 8.1. Then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. Remember all the animals that were with him in the ark. How many animals did he send in? He sent everybody in pairs. He had one of every species and he made sure he had a pair with them, right? Do you guys read that story? Good. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the water subsided. Number two, verse two, the fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were also stopped and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters receded continually from the earth. At the end of the 150 days, the water decreased. How many of you guys have been waiting for 150 days? Yeah, come on, man. You're going to be okay. You're going to get your breakthrough. Here we go. Then the ark rested. Say rested. In the seventh month, the 17th day of the month, on the mountains of Arat. And the waters decreased continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountain were seen. Verse six, so it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had made. Then he sent out a raven, underlined raven. It was just so interesting, a raven, which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. Verse eight, he also sent out from himself a dove. Say dove. When you guys think dove, what do you guys think about? Shout it real loud. Yes, good job. We all go to church. That's awesome. He, he also sent from himself a dove. When you think raven, what do you think about? I had nothing. Nothing came to my mind. But I'll tell you the reason I kept thinking about the raven. To see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. Verse 9. But the dove found no resting place. Another, and the King James actually says that the dove found no rest. He found no rest. For the sole of her foot, and she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put on his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. And he waited yet another seven days. I love this part. And again, he sent the dove out from the ark. 11. Then the dove, I love this. You guys ready? The dove came to him in the evening and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf. Shout olive leaf. leaf. Was in her mouth. 
And Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. You know, to me, that's so beautiful. Because he couldn't, the, the Holy Spirit or the dove in this picture couldn't find rest. The word rest there means quiet, a settled spot, a home. I love this too. Another one is to seek marriage. The Holy Spirit couldn't find a place to call home. So he came on back to the thing that he was at home with, right? And, but then the second time when he flew out, he came back with an olive branch, an olive leaf. To me, when I read that, I was like, that means he found a home. He found a home that he could stay at and rest. How come he came back? Am I the only one to ask these questions? I'm like, how come the dove came back? And then I'm thinking, what happened to the raven? How come he never came back? He's so selfish. How come he never came back? Because I was thinking about, they were all paired. They all had two. So that means the raven spouse, he never made it back home. He never came back home. He was selfish. Made it all about himself. Found a home, didn't come back. But now the Holy Spirit or the dove found home and said, wait, my partner is still waiting for me. And he came back. You know what the olive leaf and the olive tree means? It means peace and restoration. Oh, my gosh. Okay, okay. So I'm sorry. My wife told me not to yell at you guys uh, when I get really excited. But you don't understand. The dove didn't have to come back for you. The dove didn't have to come back for the thing that it was longing for. It didn't have to come back. It had a home and had no business coming back to this home. But when he came back, he came back with peace and restoration. Ah, but this is what happened, right? This is what happened. I was like, what happened to the raven? And God was like, get your eyes off the thing that never came back and focus on the thing that always comes back. Oh my gosh. Come back to the thing that brings you peace and restoration. The raven never came back. So he came back with no fruit. He came back with no peace and restoration. You don't have peace and restoration because what are you focused on? Or are you focused on the Holy Spirit saying, I know I can leave you here because I have a home in heaven, but I'm choosing to step out of my home and come back for you. That part really moved my heart. It was just so beautiful. So I love this. So that means that we, we found out that the dove couldn't find rest. So once a dove finds home, that means he found rest. Yeah, right? I mean, that's kind of what I understood in the Bible. I don't study doves or pigeons or anything like that. But that's what I understood in there was that once he finds a home, he rests. Oh, so beautiful. So let's do this. Let's go to Matthew 3, and we'll start in verse 13. But remember, we're still talking about the dove. But I love God in this because it wasn't about the end goal. You can't do anything with an olive leaf. <laughs> you can't shelter yourself with an olive leaf. You can't bathe with an olive leaf. But there's times when God gives you a word and you're like, why are you giving me this word? And he was like, we haven't spent enough time together for you to know the full revelation of what the word means. So we would just pass by this olive. It was like, you can't paddle no boat with this. But God's saying, it's not that. It's the symbol and the thing that I am speaking about is peace and restoration. So for you, it's what word has God given you? And you said, I don't need that word. It does nothing for me. 
But God is saying we haven't spent enough time together to get the full revelation of this is what I'm trying to say with this word. But you're so focused on the end goal that you don't appreciate the word that he's given you now. You lean into your own understanding and now you have five different jobs when he's trying to pay off your debt a different way. Are you guys with me? You're not enjoying casting the line because you think the trees are dumb compared to this fish. Where God is saying, no, 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 I created these trees with a purpose. I created this water with a purpose. Everything I created has a purpose. And the reason I'm showing you that these have a purpose because if these things, the lilies of the field can have purpose, how much more purpose do you have? And you got your fish. (laughs) You guys still with me? So I just get so excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, God, thank you for showing me that. Thank you that I can take my eyes off the thing that never came back and put my eyes on the thing that always comes back for me. And I love this because he shows up twice right here. Are you ready? Matthew, Matthew 3.13. And this is the man that left his home to come here on earth for us. And he didn't have to, but he did it anyways because he wanted peace and restoration in every part of your life, not just when you die and go to heaven, not when you get to the end goal. Still with me? 13, then Jesus, yell Jesus real loud like you love him. Good job. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him. How many of us try to prevent him? You know how we prevent him? When we lean to our own understanding. Uh, I'm not yelling at you. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? I love this. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And another version is this is the purpose that you were anointed for, John the Baptist. I created you for this specific moment right here so you can baptize me. What purpose is, okay. I won't, uh, yeah, I don't want to get rabbit show. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. Love that. It was relationship. He was allowed to ask a question. 16, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a? I'm going to read it again because it's so good. He saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Where did the dove find rest? Yeah. Where did the dove find a home? (laughs) Come on. Where did the dove find a settled spot? Where did the dove find marriage? Where did he find his covenant? Where did he find it? How many of you guys are baptized with the Holy Spirit? How many of you guys know Jesus? You know what that means? That means that Holy Spirit found you a home. You are the Holy Spirit's home. He landed on you. He ascended on you. He lives in you. He married you. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. He landed on you. He landed on you. He came back for you. Amen? I don't know. It's good news to me. That means that there's peace and restoration inside of you. 
Are we looking at the raven? Are we looking at the end goal? Are we looking at what he's done in us, how he's come and landed on us? Because that's what doves do. It's what the Holy Spirit does. He makes a home in you. Everybody close your eyes, bow your heads real quick. Raise your hand if you do not feel like you're an acceptable home to the Holy Spirit. Okay, right here, right now, keep your eyes closed. Jesus, I thank you for rebuking that lie because right now, right here, you have showed us that the Holy Spirit, that the dove does not settle down until he finds rest. So I speak right now that the Holy Spirit has found rest in you right now, not because of what you have done, but because of what Jesus has done coming off the throne here on earth and dying for your sins and dying for you. So right now we just release the Holy Spirit. We release this in Jesus' name. Sorry, I got super excited. Are you guys okay? I love this. So that means that if the Holy Spirit found rest on Jesus, Jesus has rest. (laughs) 17, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in who I'm well pleased. To me, that's such a beautiful thing. When the Holy Spirit comes and lands on you, then you get an opportunity to communicate with the Father. You get an opportunity to get a rhema word. You get a word directly from the Father. And I love it because he wasn't like, ah, you should have done the dishes yesterday. I don't love you no more. You didn't catch a fish. I don't love you anymore. It took you too long. No, he didn't come with those words of accusation. He came with words of affirmation. And he said, this is my beloved son and who I'm well pleased. To me, it's so good because now we know the way that the Father communicates to us. If it's life and peace and restoration, we can bet our money that's Holy Spirit. If it brings death and condemnation, it makes us feel like he's never going to come back. That's probably not him. You guys still good? I love this. But in this place of rest, he didn't sit. (laughs) He didn't sit on that lake. And he was like, John the Baptist, bring me some iced tea. We're just going to hang out here because I found rest. Bring me the floaty. We need it. You know what? Go grab some disciples. You do what you got to do and come back. Right? Jesus, that wasn't the kind of rest that Jesus found. The rest that Jesus found was this place of belonging, a home where he can trust God. And what's the next thing that happened from this place of rest? Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And we're like, oh no, the devil's so big. No, 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 no. It's saying that the Holy Spirit knew that Jesus, them together, can go into the wilderness and defeat Satan. Because if you keep reading your Bible, that's what happened. Satan came over and over and over and over again, but Jesus' rest never diminished. But we're so busy going, God, the wilderness, you're not here. No, no, the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to lead you from this place of rest because the wilderness isn't the end goal, but that's where we're going to show up to take back the kingdom. Still with me? Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to Acts. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. When you get there, say, I'm there. <laughs> that doesn't count. Are you guys still good? Okay, just real quick, just in case I lost anybody, this is what happens. It's not about the angle. The dove wasn't just about Noah. It was so Holy Spirit... Jesus, God, can paint us a picture of what it's like when he comes and he rests on us. Are you guys still with me? 
But the end goal with that, it still isn't that. It's him painting the picture of what it's like when the Holy Spirit falls on us, where we're moved with power to defeat the principalities. When we go into the wilderness, we emerge victorious, not defeated. So when we read here in Acts chapter 8, Verse 26, we're going to look at a guy and his name is Philip. And what happened earlier in the chapters, we don't have enough time to cover it, was this. Was that the Holy Spirit, that the disciples came, laid hands on Philip and a couple of other men, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. That means that the dove came as the Holy Spirit and found a home in them. So they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Say, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is what happened as he was filled with the Holy Spirit, Okay. Now an angel of the Lord, but really another version for that is now the Lord spoke to Philip saying, arise and go towards the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. I love this because you know what? If he was arise, that means he was probably laying down. And if he was laying down, what did we learn about trust? Trust. Yes, come on. You did it. But trust also means that you can be lying down waiting for God. Waiting to say, God, what do you want to do today? Because the end goal wasn't you just baptized me with the Holy Spirit, now I'm good. It was, what do you want to do today, God? What, what do you want to do? And, this is, and then he spoke to Philip and saying, arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Isn't that funny? That cracks me up. This is desert. How come they had to tell us what the landscape was? I mean, there's a period after that. Like, they're like, just so you know, this is desert. This is desert. Kind of sounds like the wilderness. You know, the reason that it was desert was because a great general came through, destroyed everything that was there, salted the earth, and nothing can grow there again. But Holy Spirit was like, go to that place. But, but if we get stuck on the end goal of, but God, it doesn't look like there's life here, then we miss out on the opportunity of what the Holy Spirit's trying to do in our lives. Some of you guys feel like you're in a season of a desert, but it has nothing to do with the desert. It has to do with what he wants to do after that in this place of the desert. You guys still with me? 27, so he arose and went, I love, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, underlined his word, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians or North Africa, who had charge of all her treasury had come up to Jerusalem to worship. You know the reason this, this man, this eunuch was coming to Jerusalem was because people had heard about the power that was happening in Jerusalem. The, the people were getting saved. Eyes were being opened. People were being raised from the dead. Are people coming to you? Ah, are foreigners coming to you? Or are you too busy focusing on, God, I have no life here. You told me this. Just a question, just a question. I'm not mad at you. God isn't mad at you. He loves you. Are you guys still good? I love this. 28, and was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Say Isaiah. 29, then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. You know what that word overtake means? Do you? That word overtake means this, to be connected to. to be married to, to be a part of it. So when God tells you, hey, come and overtake this, he's not saying, oh yeah, I know what to do. I'm gonna throw my Bible at them. No, he's saying, come and be a part of this. 
You put yourself in there and see what I can do. Am I the only, oh, I'm so excited because, because Philip, okay, okay, sorry, 30. So Philip ran to him, he ran to him. Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. 32, the place in scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth and his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? 34, so then the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this of himself or of some other man? 35, then Philip opened his mouth. How many of you guys just stay quiet when the Holy Spirit moves on you? How many of you guys hesitate when the Holy Spirit moves on you? It's not a bad thing. It's just, we're gonna miss this beautiful opportunity. Oh, okay, we're gonna, see, we're gonna see why it was so important for him to open his mouth. And beginning at this scripture, preach Jesus to him. 36, now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? 37, then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized them. 39, now when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. <laughs> that means he was translated, he got taken away. He didn't leave on no chariot. He left the desert. He left the thing that he thought was death where he thought there was no life. You guys don't get excited for God's miracles? <laughs> he took him away so that the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. The eunuch did. And we're gonna hit 40, but I just gotta read 40 to you. But Philip was found at a city, Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Okay, everything before 40, I mean, that's a big deal, right? How many of you guys, I, I didn't see God in, in verse 26 saying, and I'm going to translate you. But a lot of us wait for God, what are you going to do at the end? Where God said, no, come to this desert. That's not the end goal. You see that chariot? That's not the end goal. You see this eunuch? That's not the end goal. You see this water that I created with a purpose? That's not the end goal. He got translated. That's not the end goal. <laughs> Still with me? This is why it's so important. The eunuch wasn't allowed to be a part of God's family. That's the reason he said, can I be a part of this? What is stopping me from being baptized? When you get baptized back in this Jewish culture, it was because you became part of God's family. That's what that symbolized. It was a cleaning saying that, that you're allowed to be a part of God's family. The eunuch was a foreigner. He wasn't allowed to be a part of God's family. He was also a eunuch. He had nothing to make a covenant with. Still with me? Kind of sounds a little bit like us, right? We're foreigners. We have no right to be a part of God's family. We weren't allowed to make a covenant with God. And yet God is saying, hey, Philip, Come meet this man that feels like he isn't worth being part of my family. Come, because others told him he's not allowed to be part of God's family, but I want him so bad. 
because that's the reason I came from heaven down to earth, was to bring peace and restoration to his life. Still with me? And so the eunuch being baptized meant he was the first foreigner and the first eunuch to ever be baptized. He literally changed history in that moment. You know the part that I love too? He was reading Isaiah. <laughs> Let's turn to Isaiah 56. He was in 53. And I, and I get excited because I'm like, did he read 56 and then gone back? Or was he reading 53 and he was eventually going to get a 56 and start laughing because it wasn't about the end goal? Are you ready for 56? Remember, he was reading it. It's so good. It's so good. We're going to go to verse. We're going <laughs> to We're going to go. We're going to go to verse three. Are you ready? Do not let the son of the foreigner. Is the Ethiopian man, is the eunuch a foreigner? Even though he's so powerful, has his beautiful title, is he still a foreigner? Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak saying, the Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Are you ready? Are you ready for this part? Nor let the eunuch Say, here I am, a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, says the who? Lord. To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and chooses what pleases me and hold fast my covenant, even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Okay, okay, this is where I get excited. I got to be really, I'm just going to let it go. Are you guys ready? Just to recap, because I don't think you guys are as excited as me. Isaiah wrote this prophecy, not the day before, not the day after. He wrote it hundreds of years before Philip and this eunuch were going to be in the desert. I think, did Isaiah know the end goal or did he just go with the Holy Spirit and casted his line over and over again because he saw that there was something beautiful in the name of Jesus and then one day a eunuch was going to be reading Isaiah and find that that was about him. That he was allowed to be part of God's family. Come on. Come on, like, that is a good God. It's not about the end goal. It's about God expressing himself until we get there. Until this eunuch is touched, a man that doesn't feel like he belongs. Same thing with you guys. If you ever felt like you don't belong because of some mess you made, because you feel like you can't make covenant with God, God is saying, if I did it for the eunuch, I could do it for you. That if you feel like a foreigner, then I could do it for you. That I want you a part of my family. Is that not good? And then this, I love this part. Because we're still focused on Philip. He's casting his line. He caught his fish. But then there's more. (laughs) He gets translated. That's a miracle all in itself. But you know what's cool? He ends up in these cities where he's so excited. Because if he knew about Isaiah 53, then I'm sure he knew about Isaiah 56. And he's going around telling everybody, you're allowed to be a part of God's family. I just saw this miracle happen. Something that's not, that doesn't make sense in the natural realm. Something that doesn't make sense in the laws. Look at my God. And it said that the cities were in uproar. 
It says that the cities were catching this, that the cities were being touched by the Holy Spirit, that, that the cities were understanding peace and restoration. This is the beautiful part. Philip doesn't know the end goal, and yet this happens, and we won't go there, but it's in Acts 9, the cities are in such an uproar, guess who catches wind of it? Kind of rhymes with call. Yes, but at the time, his name is? So he's not a good dude right now. But him catching what's happening in the cities caused him to write certain letters. Guess what letters he wrote? Shout it real loud if you know. You don't know? Isn't it the letters to Damascus? Did it, isn't, didn't he go on a journey to Damascus? Didn't he find Jesus on his road to Damascus? Didn't his life get changed forever on the road to Damascus? Didn't he write a lot of this Bible? <laughs> Did Philip know that? You know, because he wasn't worried about the end goal. He was worried about God expressing himself each and every step, and he gave the Holy Spirit liberty to the point where not only is the eunuch changed, because what happened, I got really excited with the eunuch because I just related to him. I was like, man, like you're a foreigner. I'm a foreigner. You're not supposed to be part of God's family. I've done some crazy stuff, but God still said, I love you. Be a part of my family. And guess what happened with the eunuch? He went back to North Africa, to Ethiopia. We had all this money and all this treasury. He gave it all away and he became a missionary. And that's how North Africa was introduced to Jesus. But Philip didn't know that. He didn't know how big his fish was going to be. I'm sure he didn't care either. He just was glad to be out there with his father. You guys aren't excited? Okay, apply it to your life. What is God telling you to do? God told me to come here and start this company. God, I can't wait for the billions. What about all the eunuchs that you're touching? What about all the foreigners that you're touching? What about all the paws and the saws that you are touching? What about, oh, the continents that are being changed and transformed? What about Northern Virginia being changed and transformed? Because we're letting the Holy Spirit move in the process of us getting to this end goal that he authored and finished. Oh, my gosh. I just, I just. Do you guys get what I'm trying to say? Yes. Yeah, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Philip, <clears throat> because he chose to trust in the Lord, he chose to lay down with God and trust in the Lord, changed so many people's lives, changed the whole continent, changed one man's life, changed another man's life, change cities, change our life, because we're talking about him right now. Did he know about that end goal? Did he know? Uh, Ms. Asia Lynn, you, you can hit the keys. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Look, I just, I just feel like this is such a powerful principle because it just has changed my life so much. 
not worrying about the end goal, knowing that there is an end goal. And, and I just want to tell you this. I want to be very specific with you. Don't be mad. Well, you can't be mad. It's up to you. It's not about the end goal. This only works for believers because we're connected to a father that speaks to us. So if you're not a believer, you can be a believer today. You can let the dove come and rest on you because if he did it for the eunuch, he could do it for you. And, and, and the power, I've seen it everywhere. I've seen it everywhere. I've gone to the mall with my wife to, she wanted to buy me a shirt. So we went to this mall and, and I was like, God, it's not about the shirt. What do you want to do? Bam, I see this lady I haven't worked with in like 10 years. Somehow we cross paths. We were, the natural world will call it coincidence. I will call it trusting the Lord with all my heart and not leaning on my own understanding. And bam, I turn to her. I'm like, what do you do? She's like, I'm a CEO of this big company in Alexandria. Uh, she's like, I helped the CEO of this big company in Alexandria. And I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? You affirm her. You tell her that this is exactly where she's supposed to be. And I said, all right, God. And he said, it's not about just that. Look at her sister. I said, hey, little sister, what do you do? She said, I want to be a basketball player or cosmetology. And I'm like, I see purpose on your life. And I walked away and God was like, they haven't been affirmed in years. Their raven left them a long time ago. Are you guys with me? At a mall. At a mall. And I got my shirt. <laughs> but on the way to the church, I did, I mean, on the way to my shirt, I didn't hate every moment there. I was excited for the possibilities of what God was going to do. I was, uh, even when I was coming in to get my shirt, this lady was there and she was pushing her baby. And, and I was like, baby, I, I, I was telling my wife, I was like, I don't want to go to that store. Like they only make clothes for skinny people. And, and I'm, I'm still trying to lose weight. And this lady turned and she was like, you look fine. <laughs> she was like, you look fine. And I was like, I love you, lady. Thank you so much. And God was like, it's not about the shirt. And I said, you know what? You're a great mama. You're a good mama. I don't know. That's what the Holy Spirit used because I opened up my mouth. And she had a little baby that was crying. And she looked at me with tears and she said, thank you. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not worried about the end goal. I'm like, Philip, trying to see if that lady turns into a Paul. I'm trying to see if that young assistant to the CEO turns into a Paul. And I'm just so glad to be part of the process out there fishing with God. And so he shows me the big fish that we did catch because it's not about the fish. It's about enjoying every second out there because God has a purpose on your life. One more example and then we'll pray for you. I was at Chipotle. <laughs> after this and I know it's such a funny thing right but the reason I'm saying is because this is your everyday life don't just do it when you go in the boardroom do it when you go to Chipotle gosh do it when you're when your kids are mad at you when someone has let you down when your raven left you I was at Chipotle and there was a long line my first thought was an oh line oh these kids nowadays they work on the weekends hurry up no, those weren't my thoughts. It was God is not about Chipotle. I'm going to make my bowl. I'm going to get there. What do you want to do in this line? And the line didn't matter. I was so happy. Guess what? I was at rest waiting 35 minutes in that line. Now, am I saying they should have been faster? Absolutely. Was I moved? Listen, was I moved because they weren't fast? How many of you guys are moved when you don't get your way? 
We get there and I loved every single person there. I took my time. I said, thank you for the beans. Thank you for the rice. Thank you for working on the weekend. We get, we get to the end of the line and, and, and the person next to me to my left, they, were, they weren't the nicest person. But I didn't judge them. I said, that's okay. He doesn't have what I have. He doesn't have rest in his heart. If he did, then what comes from the mouth or from the heart? Come on. Come on. And I was just so happy because he didn't move me. The line didn't move me. My hunger didn't move me. And I get to the end and this poor lady, it's probably her first day on the register and she's freaking out, keeps messing the orders up. And I didn't yell at her and said, get your act together, lady. This is America. You need to get better. I didn't yell at her. I said, hey, 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 hey. You're good with us. Learn with us. Take your time with us. Don't forget my free chips. (laughs) But take your time with us. Be at rest like we're at rest. You guys still with me? All right, let's all stand together real quick. And then just bow your heads for me. Did you guys catch the principle? (laughs) I love you guys. Love you. All right, so we're actually going to uh, open this time for ministry, okay? What we're going to do is we're going to have pastors and staff, and they're going to come up here and pray for you. But before we do, I just want to give you a word of encouragement. I didn't know this was going to be my end goal, being up here teaching you guys something. I didn't know that was going to be my end goal. When I was 17, I had no end goal. But then the Holy Spirit found a home in me. And he said, I see this moment right here with you back when I was 17 and suicidal. He said, you see no purpose, but I have purpose for you. And it looks like this moment right here. Isn't that good? So if he did that with me, I'm not special. I'm just God's beloved son. Before I even knew I was a son. You are also God's beloved son. Because when he sees you, he sees Jesus. So bow your heads for me. And, and, and we're going to pray for specific things, but the first prayer is this. If you want to know Jesus, if you want to know this Holy Spirit that wants to make a home in you, I just want you to raise your hand. Yeah, be brave. Be like Philip. Trust in the Lord. Don't lean in your own understanding. If you want to know him, this is the moment that you get a chance to feel at rest. This is the chance that you get peace and restoration for the first time in your life. Because before you do a work at a mall or a Chipotle, God does a work inside of you first. Good, so pastors and staff, can you guys come up here? Keep your, keep your eyes bowed for me. And, and if you raise your hand because you wanna know Jesus, or you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you want the dove to descend on you, come up here and we're just gonna pray for you. We're gonna pray for you. Come up here, just just take that trust, take that trust, just run up here. It said that Philip ran to the chariot expecting to see what God was gonna do. He overtaked it, he connected with the word that God gave him. So come on up here, just run up here. Everybody else's eyes are closed, they won't see you, but God sees you. 
Thank you, God. Okay, and we're also gonna pray for anybody that feels like they have no rest in their life right now. Even if you know God, even if you know the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, but you don't feel like you belong to the Father yet, come on up up here, because you're believing lies and we're gonna lay hands on you. And I don't know what the end goal is, but I know God wants to express himself in your life. I know he wants to show up for you because if he showed up for a eunuch, he'll show up for you. If he showed up for a Philip, he'll show up for you. If he showed up for Saul who killed Christians, he'll show up for you. Come on and run up here. The third prayer is this. The, the, third, the third calling is if you need healing in your body, come on up here. And don't worry about the end goal. Don't worry about God. You're going you're gonna to do it this way. Let him do it the way that he wants to do it. Let him come up here and just touch your heart, touch your soul. Let him translate you to another place. But if you need healing, just come on up. Come on up and just, even if it's healing of the heart, even if it's emotional healing that you need, even if you've been battling anxiety, don't worry about how God's gonna get rid of your anxiety. Just come up here and give him a chance to express himself over your life. If you've been battling with depression, come on up here. Let God get rid of that for you. And don't, don't worry about how he's going to do it. Just know that he wants to do it. Know that he wants to express himself. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So right now, God, as people come up, uh, come on up. Come on up a little, a little bit more. Ushers, if you're here, just help them. So pastors and everybody knows that they're up here for prayer. We don't want to miss anybody. Thank you, God. Same thing, like staff or pastors, if you see them, just grab their hand. Just bring them up close. Don't wait for them to step to you. They already came up this far. So we just thank you, God. We just love you, God. You're so good. I thank you that, that we don't have to worry about the how. We just know that we're here and we're face to face with you. We're here with our entire desert, <laughs> the things that feel like there is no life. And we know that you're not gonna leave us there. You didn't leave Philip in a place with no life. You took him to a place full of people and the city. So God, we just thank you right now that you're moving us from the desert to the city. And we're open to how you do it. You translated Philip. He didn't ride a natural thing. He didn't ride a chariot. He got translated. There was a miracle of God. And I'm sure Philip was so glad of how God did it. So we just thank you. Don't feel like you missed your time. Come on, come on up. So God, we love you. We bless everybody too, God. That's just out there. I thank you, God, that, that when we... They, they create their own principle with you. That is not about getting the principle. It's about how you want to show up in their lives on the journey of the principle you want to impart to your beloved sons and daughters because you are very well pleased with them. But I thank you, God, that they have a purpose over their life and you show them what that purpose is. And all we care about is seeking your steps, seeking every expression that you have, every way that you have. And once we get to that end goal, once we catch our fish, we say, thank you, God. And we tell a person about it. <laughs> 
So we just love you. We thank you. Thank you that the week is blessed. In Jesus' name. Again, if you didn't come up, you can still come on up. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? I love you guys.